This is Prayer Room Companion, episode 86, recorded Wednesday, January 26, 2012. Struggles and Obstacles, Difficulties in Being Captain. Welcome to This Week in Prayer Room Companion. I am your host, Dr. Chris Bergwald, and as we mentioned last week, Father Andrew is helping out with a, a retreat this week at Broomtree Retreat Center uh, down near Irene, South Dakota, made famous by C- no, 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 60 Minutes. Once upon a time, apparently. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Why does... Hey. Um, before I explain that, I am joined by my illustrious guest co-hosts, Renee Leach. Hi, Renee. Hello, everybody. Kevin Miles. Hi, Hello, Kevin. Hello, everybody. Hi. Apparently, somebody told me uh, that, that there was a story on the speed trap that is Irene South Dakota. Oh, Absolutely. I can believe that, yeah. So you, you, you definitely have to drive at or below the speed limit in Irene, or the local law enforcement will... Um, to get you. We, we produced uh, materials one time for uh, retreats going out there, and we t- set it on the bottom w- with a map. When you go through Irene, be very careful. Follow the speed limit. Right. And I guess the locals got a hold of it, and they just laughed because they loved that, and they just yeah, yeah. pointed out to everybody. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's a po- I, I've never seen it. I've never substantiated it, but a, somebody who I know who actually was a student uh, in a class at, at Mount Marty flew in for this this program that used to be at Mount Marty that I helped teach in. Um, he somehow, in Googling the route and stuff, he'd come across reference to the 60-minute story on Irene. So, uh, <laughs> well, I am betting that the guy isn't even there watching anymore because it's got such a reputation exactly. of being a speed trap. He doesn't yeah. have to be there anymore. But we're not here to talk about speed traps in Irene, South Dakota. Um, we are This week we're going to talk a little bit about... Um, the challenges, the struggles, the obstacles to either being Catholic, living their Catholic faith, or for people who are interested in the church or know something about the church and have considered joining her, the struggles in becoming Catholic. Um, and I know that Kevin and uh, Renee are both experts on um, struggles in being and becoming Catholic. Um, I know they're That's after the 45-minute conversation we had before we started <laughs> we recording. We'll talk about the uh, extended conversation before we started recording right now. Can come up though during the course of it kevin got a new iphone too so if you hear any uh um, siri? Occasional or kevin talking to somebody named siri that's what it is so kevin maybe you could turn I, your your phone off how old are you kevin it's just so nice oh. <laughs> Jeez, Jeez, and i do that, that only nice. because i just want everybody to know i do that only because I know Chris Bergwald would be looking across the table and see it sitting on the table and, and just go, what? <laughs> and you got one? So, I, you know, I know a lot of people with iPhones now, Kevin. Yeah, You're not first. I'm one of them. Yeah, I know, but I have one. Kevin likes his new toy, guys. <laughs> so anyway, um, I, I, uh, I had proposed this topic to Kevin Shannon a little over a week ago. Um, I know I'm Renee. She, uh, yeah, you are, Renee. Kevin and Shannon, sorry. <laughs> My uh, I know Renee's done some thinking about it. I haven't really talked to Kevin about it to know if he's done much. I have been about thinking it. about it. I, You know, it's one of those topics that I've just been going, there's a million other areas that, you know, you can go with and spring from. And I think a lot of our conversation even before, that's why we get yeah. into the topic, Absolutely. really is yeah. part of that. So part of, I mean, for speaking, I think almost certainly for the all three of us, um, we all recognize, and, and, and unfortunately, this isn't the case with many Catholics, but we recognize the Catholic Church is the true church, fullness of truth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Right. That doesn't necessarily mean, mean as we know from our experience, that it's sunshine and roses each and every day um, that we actually 
seek to live out our Catholic faith. There can be struggles and challenges and obstacles. And so I thought it might be good just to talk about some of those and how we either do or can uh, deal with those challenges when they arise in our lives. So having teed it up, which one of you wants to go first? Oh, why are you looking at me? <laughs> I, it's every, I, well, I asked my uh, um, my my uh, RCI group that I go work Ooh. with every Tuesday night too. I know Renee had been a part of the group too, and she's the one who who had uh, voiced that. But I had asked a couple people I've been talking with about joining the church, and and I wanted their top ten list of of conflicts or, or obstacles Ooh. with things. And and I find it interesting. Um, and you start with we are the truth. You know, and I think that's the biggest obstacle for a lot of them right away. Um, and I was reading, and I, you know, I, I just remembered something that G.K. Chesterton had said. Yeah. And I, I wanted to, I thought it was interesting. Who's G.K. Chesterton, Kevin? Yeah, uh, he was a, he's a convert to the faith. What year would he, what year? Early 20th century. Early 20th century. Very early. Christian author. Um, but he, uh, he said, the writer has been driven back upon somewhat with difficulty, at which he has been forced to be egotistical only in order to be sincere. And I thought that was interesting because sometimes when we talk, and I think this becomes an obstacle for so many, is that we're almost, when we speak the truth, and we're talking, when I'm talking to the class about the truth of the faith teaches, mm-hmm. I think that becomes an obstacle mm-hmm. for many who are of a different faith that they sit there and go, okay, that's pretty arrogant. Right. And, and it's sometimes trying to approach, as I'm approaching them, I'm saying, okay, now this is what my church teaches and believes. You know, almost apologizing for being so bold. Right. And being so egotistical. Right. Or, yeah. And I think that becomes, that to me was one of the first tripping stones for, I think, for a lot of people when it comes to faith and it comes to accepting our faith. Okay. It, and, I, and I'm going to counter that. And I'm a convert, and as a convert, one of the things that appealed to me about the Catholic faith was it was the truth. I didn't have to guess. I didn't have to make an assumption on my own. I didn't have to wonder. I didn't have to ask anybody. The Catholic Church taught the truth. But I think where the bump comes or the rub comes for a lot of people is we want to be we want to define our own truth. We want to say what's right and what's wrong, what's true and what's not. And that's not part of the Catholic Church. And that's, and that's part of what, that's part of our conversation then this last Tuesday night was, is, this, is it, become, it becomes that whole uh, secularism of, of faith too. And they, they start talking about it. Well, I really want what I want, you know. And, it, and, and that becomes the struggle between that truth and that conversation, and we really, I mean, because then it falls down to, well, purgatory gets in my way, saints get in my sure. way, every, Mary. these different, mm-hmm. Mary gets in my mm-hmm. way, reconciliation gets in my way. But but I always say, okay, what is, what is it that's really getting in your way? It's the truth. I mean, it's really that, there's 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 criteria behind that 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 the deposit of faith that 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 presents it to us is truth. So really, what's getting in our way is still truth. Well, and and I would take it one step further when you, when you talk about truth. I think ultimately what gets in our way is us because we can maybe understand what the truth is, but in order to live what we believe or live the truth, we have to conform our lives. Mm -hmm. We have to change. We have to change. And that's not, that's not something that you can do very easily or that people want to do sometimes very willingly. Yeah. 
Well, and I've told Chris this before too. Is there's nothing that irritates me more nowadays is these reborn Catholics, you know. And because I always say, you know, I grew up Catholic. I've always believed that it's the body and blood of Christ. I've 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 been faithful, you know. Then all of a sudden, this guy comes in and he's just he's telling me his testimony and he's found how he's found the faith, how he wandered from the faith and ran away, and then he found found the truth and he comes back and all of a sudden things are being changed. I'm not, I'm not I'm looking at Chris, but I'm not, I'm not finding out that he's the one. But, but you know, you run into that. There's just this movement of 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 people who've rediscovered their faith or discovered the faith, like you, Renee. That that you kind of go as somebody who's been in the church and working for the church. All of a sudden, you're coming in, going, really. Okay, what took you so long? First of all, but it's that discovery of truth, and I, uh, I called them the reborn Catholics or whatever. I could almost call them Chesterton Catholics because all of a sudden that 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 egotisticalism, that that arrogance, that I I see it as arrogance. I'm going, oh, really? You think so? Well, why didn't you join? Why didn't you stick to the faithful? Why didn't you stick to it? You know, where is your stick to itiveness? to to uh, work through those times is that a word yes I said, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, no. why why didn't you stick you, you stick to the road and you would have discovered it within the church yeah you had to go running off and why you why'd you have to be the prodigal son I mean that's I understand. So you're being the older brother then. I'm being yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yes, the, the older brother. And I freely admit that. And yet you <laughs> at times probably were the younger brother as well. Yeah, well. Were, were you just talking I fed about my <laughs> <laughs> Weren't we're you just talking about <laughs> So anyway, I'm gonna interject there. I've been tried waiting to interject here, but you two have been no no no. Um, this is so with the whole truth thing, I think I think um I think that's very common. I, I talked about this during the fall uh, series on on why the church for the Institute for the New Evangelization. I think that a lot of, at least in our country, a lot of Christians look at the different church traditions um, as different but equal. Uh, so hmm. I think a lot of Christians, including Catholics, look at the different Christian traditions the way that we understand the different religious orders within the Catholic Church. So you have um, Dominicans, uh, Benedictines, Presentations, Franciscans, and they're all, they all have their own spin, in a sense, of being Catholic, but they all hold to the same Catholic faith. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of Christians look at Catholicism, Lutheranism, uh, Presbyterianism, Methodism the same way. They're all just different spins on being Christian. And the, and the Catholic Church says, no. Right. There, there are, while there's much we have in common and we have some of the central truths in common, there are differences and important differences and, frankly, errors on the part of. And that, yeah, sir, I, mean, I can understand just at a human level, nobody likes to be, we were talking about this before at the very mm-hmm. beginning, everybody wants to be right. Mm-hmm. Nobody exactly. likes to be told, well, I understand, but you're wrong. And who wants to hear that? Well, and that's right. If, if what you believe is the truth, then what yeah. I believe is not the truth, and that makes it. So, I, I, I mean, I know people who have, and, and I have no idea um, if, if this is where uh, people in your RCA group are coming from, but I know people who have gone through RCA, come in, and they're interested in becoming Catholic, but for them it's sort of like switching from what, what we would see as switching from one religious order to another. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, I, I, I'm interested in trying out this, this yeah. form of Christianity, but th- that's not the church's self-claim, what she says about herself. No, that's... I, so, yeah, I think truth can definitely be an obstacle. Um, to becoming Catholic, um, I think it's always it's it's in the presentation of that truth. Sure, how I have to go down that road, and and that's why, uh, you know, I always have apologized for how I may sound, 
but I won't apologize for what I believe. Right. And um, and that's really the that's stepping forward. So that I think that you can lay down the uh, um, the shields or the uh, preconceived you know connotations that the people might have as as you start talking and says, well, he's just he's X, Y, or Z, or he's arrogant, or he's egotistical, or whatever. They say, I apologize right now, but I believe this, but it may sound very, you know, very arrogant, but I believe in truth, and this is truth. Mm-hmm. And this is where we, how we believe, you know, talk about the deposit of faith, talk about how we've come to believe this. And it, it's, it's really a challenge, I think, for people to get over that. And, and that's where, you know, when we come down to it, and talking about the other things that get in the way you know, with the, especially sacramentally or, or dealing with the saints or dealing with Mary, you're saying, well, you know, that's part of our truth. And it, it follows the line. I said, that's, I think that's a good way to, to try to bring them along and, and to, to get over those hurdles. There's other things that this group also brought up that I thought was interesting too. And that's just the practical human things that get in the way of faith. Mm-hmm. And that's the busyness of the day, mm-hmm. trying to live. Ooh. You know, just trying and not being able to practice faith. And I think that keeps a lot even, you know, in the in the conversion aspects of it. You know, as, as I have three nurses in this group and they're, they're, you know, their whole December was spent trying to get all these procedures done for the end of the year because the insurance was mm-hmm. whatever. So they were, you know, people would come in a half hour late to the to the group because they were working their tails off all the time. And it prevents them from really having that quiet time, that restful time of discovering faith, too. Are, are the people in your group, it's, it's interesting to me, um, because I think as Catholics, you know, this this whole sense of arrogance and, and I'm right and you're wrong, I think part of that comes from um, not being good role models of what we believe. I think sometimes as Catholic, we say all these things, but we don't necessarily live what we believe. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that I think is interesting is that um, I think as I think for many Catholics, they go through confirmation class and then they graduate, and then there isn't any continued learning. And I think right. that's a real downfall um, for Catholics t- to evangelize if you don't really know. Um, your faith and, and the whys and the what's yeah. and why Mary and why the saints and that deposit of faith. If you, if you don't know it, how can you evangelize to somebody else and really have a deep conversation about this is what the church believes, this yeah. is what the church is about? Well, you know, the two couples I have right now, you know, it's not a real big group, but the, I find it interesting the two, two couples where you're dealing, I'm dealing with a very strong Lutheran. And the spouse is a very strong Catholic, mm-hmm. and trying to reconcile things and come. And so then you're talking the truth, and you're pointing out and says, "Well, this is what we as Catholics believe," and it puts it even more into into tension because, well, there's a strong Lutheran belief, and they don't really want to give up on that, but they're trying to make sure that their household can be reconciled, that they can have one faith. And they can raise the children in one faith, right. and and so it, there becomes a tension then too, that it becomes obstacles within that, and that's a whole nother. And so, and so it's not so much wanting to really searching out for truth as much as defending my past and my lived experience versus my 
spouse's lived experience. And then that's really, that becomes an obstacle too. I've actually lived that scenario. Um, When uh, my husband and I got engaged, uh, my mother-in-law, bless her heart, one of their first questions was, when are you converting to Catholic? (laughs) And um, my response then was, I'm not. We're both going to change into a different um, religion. That was my arrogance back then Mm -hmm. speaking. Um, not understanding um, the bigger picture, but um, you know, is not only just dealing with bringing in you know the foundations of another faith and and um, number one, learning what the real differences are between the two and why one is is you know what those differences are and how to reconcile those in your heart. But you also bring along with that um, another family. Mm-hmm. That goes that goes along with that, and 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 that can be a real struggle too. Yeah, well, and that's what what you see is that you, not only that individuals, yeah, but the families, family lived experience of of history. You know, well, and, and it's a reje- it's a rejection of you know in a sense to convert if you've been raised Lutheran and you convert to to Catholicism. You are rejecting what mm-hmm. your parents have give you have given you the foundation that they've given you. Although that's certainly true in one sense, but if, if you read at least many uh, people who have joined the church from other Christian traditions have said uh, writ- or written, and they didn't feel like they they brought the best of what they had. Absolutely, with them. absolutely, and I've and I've said over and over that I'm so thankful for the foundation of the faith that my parents gave me. That's why I always say, uh, when I was a kid growing up, um, I always had to take my grandmother, who was a very devout Methodist, to church. Um, she she was getting up in years, and so I'd always help her get up the steps and and good and and uh, I was in, you know I often found it very um, educational, um, inspirational. Um, but uh, my grandmother's faith was so important. Somebody once asked me, who's one of the greatest saints you've ever met? People or individuals, Christians you've ever met. And I always say Grandma Paul. I say, well, she was, and I say she was Methodist. And people say, oh, really? <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, she taught me Christian love. She taught me many aspects of my earlier faith. Mm-hmm. And, I can, and I can bring that into my Catholic understanding. And, I, that, and that's one of the things that connected me to my mother because she was the convert. And she says, and she she talks that same. She taught that same Christian love that she was taught by her, her, her mother and her father. Especially, I wish I would have known Grandpa better. I only knew him later in his life, and uh, I wish you know that was part of what is. So so yeah, you know, trying to let people know that we're bringing you're bring you don't lose anything. We're not asking you to reject anything. No, Usually, in the, you build on you know, it. You build on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So absolutely. Um, and I think that's that's an opportunity within the obstacles and everything. But but in also sense, I think in today's world, so many people are not looking at these opportunities because they are too busy. They are it is too there's too much craziness. And the other two things that my group also brought up was uh, uh, the business the business in the world. Okay, and also um, really they said uh, the scandal and roughness of the of the fa- at the faith have, as people have been treated by the faithful. Um, that came up in my. That came up in your my group, group too. Mm-hmm. Not so much the the abuse scandals and things like that, but just the roughness of it, like somebody. How many people have I met? I can't, I can't even put them. 
I can't even put a number on it, that are not Catholic anymore because of a priest. I, yep. Or because of somebody within the church. Don't you think the religious that, t- but that certainly isn't. In, is in it case, a cop-out or not? I don't in, know. In, in case, I'm sure you haven't forgotten, but you're listening to Prayer Room Companion. We're talking about the struggles <laughs> and obstacles to becoming or being Catholic. Um, is that a commercial? Do you think... Trying to be profe- I'm trying to increase my professional <laughs> I mean, podcasting so, skills here. So, uh, this is NPR. <laughs> <laughs> so. we, we all have to. <laughs> Hi, Kevin. How are you How today? Are you? <laughs> oh, I love <laughs> Oh, rutabaggers. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, we're talking gardening. But with, with that particular point, though, about... Um, the, you know the roughness or whatever isn't that that is certainly true in any other oh i firmly uh, i gotta believe organization it. let alone well, tradition and you know i've got a response for that because i've been really wrestling with that um i actually put um my query out on my facebook page and asked for people's well, input that's cheating. and i got lamb blasted basically oh, not lamb blasted but i got a lot more insight than i ever expected so i got a lot of comments back that's the 30 pages of that's uh, the 30 pages that are laying in front of me here um <laughs> renee prepared she had ten thousand friends on her <laughs> you, brought, you brought a book i mean you guys did a good job i have to I give you some days um <laughs> anyway I really struggled with it was because of what this priest said or what this priest did or what sure. this person did. You know what? And maybe it's the perspective that I have being a diocesan employee. Um, the priest is not my faith. The priest is a guide along my journey. But being Catholic to me is about a relationship with God and having access to his real presence in the Eucharist. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't. Because it's something that means a lot to me and is a priority in my life, I can't imagine allowing a priest to make me move to a different faith. Right. Then I think some of that goes back to, and I know this probably isn't what a lot of people are going to want to hear, but your faith journey, the onus is on you. It's it's up to you to make that Mm -hmm. journey. And if... If you're not being fed, well, by all means, find a way to get fed in your religious life. But to just give it up because our priests are men who are living, doing the best that they can within their vocation. Just like I'm a mom and a wife doing the best that I can within the vocation that I have. Do I make mistakes? Yes. Does the priest make mistakes? Absolutely. Are they sin-free? No, but neither are we. We are all living our vocation as called by God the best that we can. And so um, I, I, I really have a hard time with those that say it was this priest that made me leave. Yeah, I think I mean, sort of responding to my own question there, it's probably true in any other organization. However, um, the, the truth of the matter is that no other organization do you have holy orders, the sacrament of ordination in which... We say, and and the truth again talked about, but that this that these men are marked in a particular way and called in a particular way. Absolutely. So, so we we do certainly you know it, it's it's sort of that tension there of, on one hand we do put priests on a pedestal, in in a way in terms of ordaining them. You know, we I say all the time we hear it a lot today. We we got you know don't put priests on a pedestal, but in a way by their ordination they, they are, are different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
at the same time, you know, in another sense, we do have to take them off that pedestal the way that you were just talking about, Renee. They make mistakes. They're sinners. I mean, just as we are. We're exactly. not perfect. Neither are they. Uh, and, and as you said earlier, I think it's a great point that we have to make sure that we aren't, we, we can't allow the failures of anybody else in the church, ordained or not, to lead us away from that fullness of truth, the fullness of grace that we have in her teachings and her sacraments and so on. And I think that there's been some examples that in, in last year, 2011, of some big name, you know, serious, zealous, orthodox Catholic priests um, who have really let people down by, you know, you know, leaving the practice of the priesthood or, or open disobedience with, with bishops. Um, and and I, I know that's for some people that's been really hard. And some of them have followed those priests, at least maybe not out of the church, but further away from no the way. heart of the church mm-hmm. in a sense. And that's the day. I mean, it's not about the personality. There, there can't be a cult of personality in the mm-hmm. church right. other than Jesus Christ. <clears throat> right. Exactly. I think that's important, too, because that's that's really what happens when we get in a lot of those areas is that is that. I think people many times are attracted by the individual personality of yep. the priest or, right. of, like you say, the cult of personality. I, and and that's, that's something, I guess maybe it's from early on being disappointed and, and, <laughs> and, and, and having the parents say, you know, it's more than that. You know? Or, you know, I always say the greatest factor that happened to me was when I grew up and I received First Communion until I was a sophomore in high school, I had the same priest, Father Lamentaine, who was a French priest and mm. who the only thing he did is had three little homilies that he always gave. And those are the same three homilies from First Communion all the way to sophomore in high school. Oh. <laughs> so, so I always say, you know, I found... I discovered at that time, I've always said, I discovered that there was something more to this than just what Father was saying and what, what, what was fantastic happening you know, at the lectern. Um, it was the Eucharist that was centered. And I learned that as altar boy. Mm-hmm. And I learned that, mm-hmm. you know, and I, and I also learned it from looking at my dad and saying, why are we here? Right. And he, say, and he says, because of Jesus. Yeah. And that was the sacrament. And he, and that, and so there was, there was through the mundane boredom, you know, you really find that, you know, the church is bigger than just the priest, yeah. just in a very simple way without, just without saying insults, but being bored. But yeah. I still remember the homilies. Yeah. <laughs> well, and the other thing that, that goes along with all of that is I think um, for all of us, our relationship with Jesus is a journey. And so we, you know, when we're young, we have a very simple faith and we go because mom tells us we have to go. And then as we mature, um, we can't just settle for for sticking with that same level of belief. Sure. We, as we mature, we need to continue to explore and to mm-hmm. dig and ask questions. And Well, because there's even, you know, I consider myself an okay Catholic, you know, and I worked for the church for 20 years or whatever. But today there's Talk about obstacles. Talk and being. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, I tweeted, you know, I didn't get any response from my tweets. I mean, you got all the Facebook responses. I got no response <laughs> from my tweet. Well, my, my tweet was obstacles and frustrations to faith, dot, dot, dot. I guess I got to get out of bed this morning. <laughs> so I mean, sometimes just getting up out of bed is an <laughs> obstacle in its own right, you know, in discovering and growing in my faith. Right. And, you know, and so, I mean, that's, you know, like we were talking about the Magnificat before my subscription to Magnificat. And I said I quit because they, they kept piling up. And Chris, you said guilt. guilt. <laughs> so, but it's, you know, there is. It's that part of just taking on the mantle and working at it. And let's face it, that's in a lot of things. 
Uh, if you want to perfect it, you have to work at it. Mm-hmm. Right. I it's mean, like any relationship. Mm-hmm. Or anything, any activity. If you want to become very good at something, you have to right. practice it. We call yeah. practicing Catholics. You know, yeah. um, doesn't mean that you're... I really you know, don't like that term. I know you don't. Practicing Catholic? Practicing Catholic. Yeah. We're all I'm good. really Catholic. I'm not practicing, <laughs> pretending. I'm doing it. Oh, you're a good Catholic. <laughs> <laughs> I've had that one. What before. does that mean? <laughs> yeah. I go to church on Sunday. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what else? So, so and we, we sort of transitioned to this. You know, early on, we were talking about the struggles, to, the obstacles to becoming Catholic, and we've sort of moved to the struggles and obstacles to actually being Catholic. Any anything else? Just in the last few minutes that that really came either in your own reflection or from people that you talked with struggles about for those of us maybe who have been Catholic for, for a number of years, maybe some of the challenges that, that you find um, continuing. One of the comments that I've heard with the groups that I visited with is there is a little bit of um, frustration with the change in the new translation Mm. and why do we have to change it and what difference does it make? And, um, and I th- it's with anything in life. I think you can. Um, it's life is ten percent what happens to you, and ninety percent your attitude about how that happens. And um, any, I believe that any time that you have to stop and think about what you're saying during mass, that there are all sorts of graces and blessings that come with mm-hmm. that. Um, I do. Mm-hmm. I think. I think it's a good thing that. Um, those people that have been those cradle Catholics, you know, you you cradle Catholics out the Vija, uh, you know, <laughs> the, the group, as I point to Kevin, um, it just becomes a matter of routine, a matter of rote. Mm-hmm. How many times have you sat in church, Kevin, and just went through the motions and didn't really think You've about what you were You've never done that? You know, I Just still get cradle Catholics. No, I still get goosebumps when I take <laughs> every communion. single time. Yes, I do. Just stay focused. I'm going to sit behind you next time we're at mass. I oh, I, I can tell you. Human nature. I can tell you. <laughs> so, well, I can. I think it's human nature, and and. I really do, and that's why I just remember talking to this one young man one time, or young, he's not young anymore, but when I was in campus ministry, and we were talking about the faith, and he was learning the faith, and he came to me, he said, after a daily mass, he says, Kevin, they don't get it, do they? I said, what? I said, they don't get that that's Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, you're right. I said, it's, it's very, it's amazing to have to try to live that belief every single day that when you go to mass, to, re- to how should we respond? And I think, Chris, you had a great response in a book one time. Yeah, I just thinking of that again. Uh, Peter Kraft, the, the, he's a professor of philosophy at Boston College, but a great author. Even though he's a philosophy professor, he, it's very down to earth and understandable. And he tells a story um, about t- in one of his books about bringing a, a Muslim student of his to Mass and the conversation that he had afterwards. And the Muslim students, I just don't get it. And, and Kraft was like, I think I, I understand what you mean, you know. And, and he misunderstood. He's like, no. And so, so he, he just didn't was, get what you, we believe that's Jesus Christ. And, in that, the Eucharist. and that's not what he was saying. And so the Muslims, no, it's. It's like if if I really believed that, if I believed that at that the moment of consecration that he was talking about, if that that became God, I don't think I could ever get up again. Mm-hmm. And I use that that quote mm-hmm. a lot. I yeah. mean that 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 that's so in, self indicting, and not that you know I don't get feel guilty about yeah, that, right. but I mean, just a reminder that I mean this this is how somebody of a completely another faith, different faith, uh, is a Muslim who recognizes that if he believed what we did about the Eucharist, 
he doesn't know that he could ever get off his knees again. And that's, so what does that mean? What does that say about us? Yeah, and that's exactly what I'm saying. Receive. I mean, saying, you know, even... I'm, I'm cradle Catholic too, Kevin, so maybe... It's, right, I mean, well, but it's even even getting on my knees and, or, laying, you know, you, you talk about when God, our Old Testament, the Old Testament God, lay down on your face, you're on hallowed ground. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and here I'm presumptuous enough even to to uh, walk forward and reach right. out, yeah. and and I think we there's. Could, are, is this, are you looking to talk about the communion rail here? <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, I told you from first communion on, we knelt and received on the tongue. <laughs> so I was communion rail all the way until I was a sophomore in high school. So I mean, I it's it, there is. Um, there is the opportunity that we need to reflect on what we are receiving right. and yep. what we've gotten, and I totally agree. Um, but uh, it's also it's also that terrible thing that that uh, that happened, and when sin was introduced to the world, mm-hmm. and it conflicts and it gets in my way, right. and I continually have to work against it. Yeah, and it's. And it's my own. It's the sin within me. And it, let's face it, it can be the evil one. It can be, you know, however we want to say it, but it's there. Absolutely. And and that's my distraction. What is the C.S. Lewis has a great thing, you know, about distraction and you know, let in uh, screw tape letters. And it, um, when the the one devil is talking to the other and saying, uh, it's just let him be preoccupied. Let them think it's, them they've busy. got enough time. Mm-hmm. They have enough time. You have enough time. Mm-hmm. I think that's the same kind of mm-hmm. thing Absolutely. that happens. And uh, you know, we have enough time. I, don't have to, I, I can bore myself here a little bit, or I don't have to worry about it right now, or or I can get distracted. Mm-hmm. I think that's human nature, and that's, that's, that's the challenge. And that is the ob- an obstacle within mass. Right. But there's also the obstacle of prayer. And there's the obstacle of you know of getting into it, and like I was saying, the Magnificat, and, yep. and that's that's all stuff that continues to nourish and points us towards the the most important sacrament, which is the Eucharist. And so. on that, just one little piece of practical advice that I found to be very helpful: pray for the desire for those mm. things. Pray for the desire to pray. You know, because I there have been many times where I've gone far too long uh, in terms of not being in regular daily prayer mm-hmm. or not I, I, there have been periods when for years I went to daily mass on a regular basis and then years when I didn't go to daily mass on a regular basis so it was something I, just to pray for the desire to, to pray every day pray for the desire to to certainly go to Sunday mass but even daily the desire to receive Jesus in the Eucharist even at daily mass and um, you know so many things we have to be patient God answers prayers in his time not ours but he will answer them one way or another mm-hmm any just as we close any any other thoughts that either of you want to share any things that you thought again you thought about or other others shared with you along this topic i mean i i think it's what i really love about it though when you came up with this topic was it was broad enough and wild enough that we could we could really take life experiences and 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 look at what was happening right I, I think really what we all need to do is we need to sit back and read 20 pages of uh renee's uh uh, Facebook pages and just see where we can go from there. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I, I don't think that's a good You could idea. probably do that on your uh, iPhone, couldn't you? <laughs> I could probably app. do it, but you see, I... I I'm going to unfriend I, Kevin, I'm telling well, you. Well, I, t- I took down my Facebook page. It was an obstacle in my <laughs> in my daily yeah, life, so that I, was an I obstacle. got Let's off Let's talk about technology again. The parting words that I would leave um, our listeners with is that... Um, being a Christian, being Catholic, it's not supposed to be easy. Mm-hmm. 
It's supposed to be a challenge. It's supposed to make us grow, and it's supposed to make us stretch and become better than what we are. So um, if you're struggling, um, that's to me, that's a good thing. Yeah. Amen. Good. That's a good word. To leave. I'm not going to add anything to that. <laughs> Thanks for listening. We'll be back another next week with another episode of Prayer Room Companion. God bless.